Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. It'll get to the point where they think that he has abandoned them. He shows up at the right moment. And just like he hasn't forgotten about the Jews, he hasn't forgotten about you in your time of distress either. Okay? We will all go through little tribulations, little tribulation times within our lives. But the Lord knows how to rescue us at the right moment. And sometimes that rescue is just being with us as we go through it. He knows how to do that. After Jesus' death, his disciples were very much reeling. Imagine the hopelessness running through their minds on Saturday morning. Yet thank goodness for Sunday morning. We never have to experience the absence of our Savior. Pastor James powerfully emphasizes that the Lord is still with you through the darkness of your trials and knows when to rescue us and just the right moment to do so. Even if you can't sense him, amidst the tiny tribulations you might be facing this week, he's still with you. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 13 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Says verse 13, you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And that doesn't mean salvation because they're already saved because the Holy Spirit, he can't dwell in you if you're not saved. Okay, if Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit cannot and will not dwell in you. Okay, that's Christianity 101. You have to be saved in order for the Holy Spirit to take up residency inside of you, okay? So what we're talking about here is not a, a salvation issue. It's a, it could be a glorification kind of issue. It also could mean a rescue that happens at the end times there. I have this little note here. It says, a person is genuinely saved by grace through faith. They endure to the end and will experience the consummation of their salvation, meaning they just get to see it like just fully lived out. And the idea there is that you and I, because where this does apply to us today is you finish well. You're saved. Okay, finish well. Run the race. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and you finish well. You keep running until you cross the finish line. He's got you. He knows how to rescue you. He knows how to step in at the right moment, at the right time to help you with whatever it is that you happen to need within that time frame. So again, he's talking to the disciples. Now he's going to transition into this great tribulation time period, okay? You can find the correlation to this story, the cross-reference of Matthew chapter 24 and Luke chapter 21. They go into a little bit more detail in some aspects, but here's Mark's account. It says, so when you see the abomination of desolation, we'll pause there. Why? This has technically three fulfillments, okay? So Daniel wrote about this, and we know Daniel was uh, speaking about this in, what's it, 9, 11, and 12, and then he speaks about the Antichrist in chapter 7. We just went through Daniel not that long ago. The abomination of desolation is when a Gentile 
would set up an idol within the temple and demand worship there, okay? So first fulfillment was in 167 BC with uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, crazy guy, madman, absolute madman. He took a pig in there, slaughtered a pig within the temple and splattered its blood over everything, okay? That was the first abomination of desolations, Okay, so it had, a, I'm going to say, an immediate fulfillment for Daniel, because it wasn't too long after he made that prophecy. But then it had another fulfillment in AD 70, when the temple was destroyed. And these guys would see that happen in like 38 years down the road, okay? So that would be another, technically, that would have been considered an abomination, because Titus went into there, the general, the Roman general, I think that's his name, Titus, went into there, and he defiled it. That was another abomination, desolation. I mix those up. Abomination of desolation. However, what we're going to be talking about in this passage of Scripture is going to be a future one, okay? The end times, the middle of the tribulation time period. Tribulation time period is seven years. At three and a half years, the Antichrist would establish an idol inside of the temple, the newly formed temple, and demand worship from everybody, that's the abomination of desolation that Jesus is going to be. Now, he'd be talking about the Roman one in AD 70 for sure, but he's also speaking of a future one because a lot of Bible commentators would say that this only applies to AD 70, and I, it's not really accurate, okay? Let's read through this, and you'll see. It says, spoken of Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not. And that word, that uh, term there, standing, it actually means uh, it's, it's kind of a future it's speaking of a, it's a future kind of reference. That's how we know this is tribulation type stuff. It says, let the reader understand in parentheses there. So it again wants us to have a good understanding of end times things. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. It's hard to travel, right? It's going to be hard to travel. What he's saying is when this goes down, you want to get as far away as possible. To the mountains could possibly be a reference to Petra. That's a stone fortress that's not that far away from Israel, okay? If you take a tour of Israel, you can add the Petra add-on to that tour, and you can go through this very narrow cavern kind of a thing. And there's a whole like carved out city within the, the walls of the mountains. Pretty sweet. Um, never been, never did the add-on package for that. But one of these days, maybe I'll get to go. That's kind of what people think is going to be happening here, is that the Jews would, in the end times, tribulation time, that they will flee for Petra okay, and seek out fortitude within there. He also says, not only for like those who are with child or nursing, it says, pray that your flight might not be in winter, okay? Because again, it's just difficult to travel then. For in those days, there will be tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. That's where we think this is future stuff. Because if this was only applicable to eighty seventy. Persecution has gotten worse. Tribulation, quote unquote, has gotten worse. 
So this can't just apply to AD 70 in the event there. This has to be future. This has to be tribulation times. Because during the tribulation, the persecution is going to be like any other time throughout all of history. And in fact, if God, and we'll see this in a second, if he hadn't shortened the days, then nobody would be alive. That's how bad it will be during this time period. There you go. Next verse. I just had to keep reading. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the, the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Now, here's another thing. <clears throat> the elect. Who are we talking about? That, well, that's all Christians. Eh, not technically. Not technically, okay? The Jews are the elect. He has chosen the Jews, the Jewish people, and that's who we believe he is speaking of here, okay? A lot of guys like to use this for their argument that there is not a pre-tribulation rapture, but that there is actually a mid-tribulation rapture, meaning at that halfway point, Jesus will call up the church, rescue us out of that time period. I understand that argument. I get that argument. I just don't really agree with that argument, okay? Because the elect that he's referencing here are really, it is specifically the Jewish believers. That's solely who he's talking about. What I love about the book of Revelation is that it starts off talking about Jesus shows up and he's walking amongst the lampstands, which is the church. And then after chapter four, the church is never mentioned again until chapter 19. And from then on, it's only about Israel. It's only about Israel. It's fascinating that there's, you can read through the whole thing I encourage you to read, because if you read through the whole book of Revelation, it's the one that carries a promise with it, you'd be, you'll be blessed, okay? So read the book of Revelation, and note that. It's heavy on the church at the beginning, then there's silence, and then it's the church's back here. So it's kind of fascinating stuff. Look, if you're a mid-tribber, fine, that's cool. Um, we're not going to kick you out, um, if you're a post-tribber, again, you know my stance on that. I, I don't understand you. And if you're a pre-tribber person, then yep. sweet. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> pre, mid, post, none of it really matters that much. These are open-handed issues, okay? This is open-handed issue stuff. We are not going to die on these mountains, okay, concerning the tribulation. Unfortunately, I've had friends that this has caused them to leave churches, just craziness where you're like, why? What does it matter? Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a trumpet blast. At some point in time, we will be gone. And then there you go. And maybe we'll know if it was pre-trib. Maybe we'll know it's mid-trib. I don't know how that works concerning if it's pre-trib, will we get to watch the events unfold here on earth? I don't know that. The Bible doesn't really speak about those things in just complete dogmatic terms, okay? That's why I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to sweat it. Well, what if we got to go through, well, then we go through tribulation. Then you go through the first three and a half years and you'll probably be okay. The Lord probably will watch over you because you're his kid. So you'll make it. What if we got to go through the whole thing? Well, that stinks. Um, I don't like that, but he knows how to take care of his kids. He knows how to take care of his kids. He knows. And even for the Jews, man, this is, this is a beautiful passage where he knows, like, no, I've, I've, I've selected you, and I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. And when they, it'll get to the point where they think that he has abandoned them, he shows up at the right moment. 
And just like he hasn't forgotten about the Jews, he hasn't forgotten about you in your time of distress either, okay? We will all go through little tribulations, little tribulation times within our lives. But the Lord knows how to rescue us at the right moment. And sometimes that rescue is just being with us as we go through it. He knows how to do that. Let's look at this last little section here. It says, but in those days, verse 24, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Read Revelation chapter 19. It's amazing because there's Jesus in his robe and on this white horse and it's beautiful. Everybody's going to see this. And then he will send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. I mean, he's going to, the angels go out and they collect the elect, these chosen ones during this time period. This is the end of the tribulation time period. And then he finishes it out with this, a few warnings for us. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When he uses that term learn, he wants you to actually to engage your mind, to take time to learn this, to study this, for you to do your homework concerning this specific sign. When its branch has already become tender and it puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also know when you see these things happening, know that it is near at the doors Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Well, who's this generation? It couldn't have been the disciples. I don't think he's talking about that generation. I think he's talking about the generation that will see these things come to fruition. What's so crazy about this is we are seeing some insane things happening within our world today. Just Israel becoming a nation again. Like, no nation has ever done what Israel did in 1948. You understand that, right? Like, no nation ever in world history was stripped of their land and scattered abroad and came back to that land and reestablished themselves as a nation. That has never, ever, ever happened in all of world history. And it happened not that long ago. Not that long ago. This event took place. Well, what does that signify? I think that signifies that the fig tree is putting forth some leaves. It's just a heads up for us that we really literally are on the doorstep to eternity. We just don't know when he's going to kick the door down. But we're there. Like, nobody knows the day or hour, and, and we're going to see that in just a second, but we know his, his return is near, but we just don't know when it's going to happen. And here's, here's the main emphasis behind, I think, this passage for you and I. Live today as if he could come back today. Don't try to figure out the day or the hour. Look at this next little part here. It says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun. Jesus is saying right here into his disciples, I don't even know when it's going to happen. And if Jesus doesn't know when it's going to happen, I can promise you there's not a person on this planet who knows when it's going to happen. 
okay? So don't even give those people any kind of ear space, all right, within your day. If somebody's like, I figured it out. I did some math on the, the dates and verses in the Bible. No, just like, I'm not listening to you anymore. <laughs> Why? Because you're not Jesus, number one. And how many times have we seen this come to pass where people are like, I figured it out. I figured it out. And they were wrong, 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 wrong. Always wrong. Because nobody knows. I had Jacqueline read that scripture reading because here's what we need to understand is Jesus is preparing for a marriage. He's like, I go to prepare a place for you, my bride, my bride. And he will wait, just in Jewish custom, he will wait for the father to give him the green light to go get his bride. Until then, he's working. He's preparing a place. The bride wouldn't know. The bride wouldn't know. So the bride just needed to be ready. She knew that eventually he's going to show up and there will be signs of his return or him showing up to get her and take her to this place that he has prepared for her. The bride's responsibility was just to always be ready. Always be ready. Jesus is like, I, the son doesn't even know. Only the father. Take heed, watch, and pray. Those are three absolutely emphatic things that you and I need to be doing today. Take heed, watch, and pray. That's what you do until he comes back, okay? Watch for the signs. Pay attention to what's happening in the world around you, for sure. But make sure you're praying. Make sure you're praying. For you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all. And you and I are included in the all. Watch. That's from Jesus to us. So some of these things may not directly apply to us in the sense of going before uh, the Sanhedrin and being put on trial. That's not going to apply to you. You probably won't go to a synagogue and be put on trial. You could face tribulation. Well, you will face tribulation in that sense. But you may face persecution to a certain extent. Or you may not face any persecution. There's been plenty of people who have lived their lives and gone on to be with the Lord, and they've never suffered any kind of persecution. Okay? That's not the point. The point is, you just need to be ready. You need to be ready. You and I, we need to watch. And watch has this idea of being ready, paying attention. Don't be found sleeping when Jesus returns. And this is a good warning for the modern church today. This idea of sleeping, to me, it brings about this notion of just this apathetic, you know, lukewarm kind of like, we kind of show up, we're here, we're here, we're here, but we're not committed. That's apathy. That's apathetic. And that's sad. That's tragic, within, especially within the Western church. It's a plague within the Western church. We're here, but we're not committed. That's, that's horrible. That's not even biblical. Just so you understand, biblical church, you know, the idea of the church is that has no place there. Like, we're there, but we're not committed. No, you're here. You should be committed to the church, to a local body. That's just how it is. We're family. We're a body. We all function 
together and we need each other for sure. What we need to be cautious of is that we just get lulled to sleep. And then the guy who owns the house comes back and he's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be working. I gave you a command. I told you what to do when I left. And what he expects is that when he comes back, regardless of when that will be, is that we are doing the work he has told us to do. Not sleeping, not falling into the slumber of comfort. There's a great commission to be fulfilled. Preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them, teaching them the word of God. These are the things that he has not asked us to do. These are the things he has told us to do. And he's like, I'm going to come back, and I hope I find you working. So that's why we need to watch. That's why we need to pay attention. That's why, yes, we need to be aware of what's going on within our world today, and you know, major world powers are coming together, even as we speak to come against Israel. This is happening right now in our world. We need to pay attention to those things. Why? Because that just means he's coming back soon. So I'm not going to like quit my job. I'm not going to sell everything I have. I'm not going to run up a bunch of debt either because I've heard that before too. I'm like, I'll just get a bunch of credit cards and run up debt, get all the stuff I want because he's coming back soon. No, that's, that's just makes no sense. That's not even a good witness. No, what do we do? We be about our father's business. You share the gospel You make disciples, invest in the lives of each other. I'm seeing that happening in little pockets, and it's just so cool to see this happening within our our little congregation, for sure. We just need to be doing that, baptizing people. We baptized 10 people yesterday. That was sweet. That's part of fulfilling the Great Commission. That's cool. And teaching them the Word of God. These are things that we need to make sure, like, if I'm going to be found doing something, let it be that. Let it be those things. So that is that warning for us. I understand there's a lot within that portion of Scripture that you may be like, I don't really agree with you on all the points of that. That's fine. We can talk about that and all that good stuff. I think the main point of the whole chapter was this. We need to be paying attention because he is coming back soon. And he told that to his disciples 2,000 years ago. How much more relevant is that for us today? He's at the doorstep, guys. I mean, we're there. We are there. Nothing prophetically has to happen before the rapture. Nothing. Temple doesn't need to be built. There's a big list of things. None of these things have to technically happen before the rapture takes place. So if you're banking on like, well, when I see them start to build that temple thing, then I'll get right with the Lord, right? Then I'll get to work. No, no, no. You probably missed it. You may may have missed it. You got a whole other issue, right? No, you you got to like, today, Lord, help me to be ready today. Because it could be today, guys. It very well could be today. And that's encouraging. I love that. Because I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready for a new heaven and a new earth. There's a lot of sadness and sorrow within this world. This is not how he intended it to be. This is not how he intended it to be. There's a better world coming new heavens, new earth, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sadness, no more sin, no more shame, no more any of that stuff. Come Lord Jesus, right? As John would say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for the 
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're walking through the Gospel of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' life while he was here on the earth. Mark offers unique perspectives on this time, emphasizing Jesus' servanthood to the people that he met. Jesus loved practically, often, and with everyone. What a kind and humble servant we get to serve. If you need to hear this message again or you'd like to catch up on previous teachings, visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab and feel free to explore the variety of verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter Bible teachings. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. And if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come visit us. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our Thursday night Bible study starts at 7 p.m., and you're welcome to come join us for both. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, visit our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. You can get directions there as well. We're excited to meet you and spend some time worshiping with you. That's all the time that we have for today, but we're so glad that you listened in to hear from God's Word. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Mark and to gear up for what's ahead in this New Testament book. There's so much to learn, so much to know about Jesus. So make plans to join us again, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.